1: Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Riff and Reed. Check this out. This is the Rip and Reed. Featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about now to the Bernard McGurk studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Reed. Oh. Generals gathered in their masses
2: Ah, the war pigs continue, Ozzy Osbourne, on Black Sabbath. Every day, every day, on every newscast, you have all these armchair generals, all of them with a side hustle, because they represent... Those who are part of the industrial war machine, so they're getting their money. And then, obviously, all the so-called experts who are calling this a war, a war move by the Red Chinese. And yet, how many uh, so-called balloons or objects have we knocked out of the sky at last count? Let's see, four. One that we've claimed is Red Chinese over South Carolina. That was the first. And then back-to-back, belly-to-belly, the trifecta, the trike of the trinity, over Alaska, over the Yukon, and over Lake Huron. And we still don't know what they are, the last three, and we don't know where they're from or what they're doing. Listen to spokesperson for the White House. Yes. In fact, let's start beating those drums of war. Who could ever forget the great TV program Combat with Vic Morrow. Remember what happened to him out on a set years later. He got decapitated, beheaded when a helicopter came down and sliced his head off of his shoulders. Remember, we were tough. America was tough then. In fact, we said we were going out and killing those krauts. Can you say that now if it's not sauerkraut, uh, Huns from World War One, Krauts from World War Two. Oh, get him, Vic Morrow. Get him, combat. Well, let's go to the spokesperson for the Biden administration for uh, interest of uh, truncating the acronym KGP says. We don't freaking know yet what all these objects items or balloons are
0: we want to make sure that uh, we uh, get debris from the objects uh, so we can get a sense of uh, what the objects were for certain so
2: we still don't know what those objects are we have no freaking idea other than maybe the first which the red chinese said was theirs and they're threatening some form of retaliation to be continued at some time in the future But even in not knowing what the last three objects slash balloons are, or where they're from, or what they were doing, we continue to hear The War Machine, led by Gordon Chang, who once again is the easiest guy in all of talk radio to book as he gets to talk TV. He's like Lenslice. He's everywhere. He was with Sid Rosenberg this morning, I said... Yes, Sid, uh, Justin, Alec, uh, you really worked hard to book Gordon Shang, right? He's a difficult guest uh, to book because he's a one-note pony,
1: and that is committing an act of war this is an act of war this is an act of war this is an act of war an act of war an act of war, war. committing an act of war committing an act of war this is an act of war
2: by the end of the day gordon shang is so tired from doing all these interviews in which he's claiming that the red chinese through emperor xi are doing this specifically to probe our defenses because they're prepared to attack Taiwan, a.k.a. Formosa, uh, he added ja- Japan to the mix earlier today with Sid, and of course, we here in the United States. Yeah, that, that was a good guest there, Sid. Uh, boy, that was that was a tough one. And then, of course, there's the other guest who is like Lenslice. I'd love to look at General Jack Keane's portfolio of all the companies in the military-industrial complex that he reps as a side hustle, because in peace, he makes no money. In war, he and his cronies in their cabal make money hands over fists. So let's hear what General Jack Keane, the other guest that you hear constantly on this station, talk radio, and talk TV all over the nation.
1: That is alarming. To me, it's more serious a problem because I believe that China is not just trying to get information from military bases by surveilling them, they're trying to penetrate the United States with other kinds of vehicles and find out where we're vulnerable because we don't have sufficient radar coverage or sufficient satellite coverage. And likely that is in the south, southeast and southwest.
2: That's right, southeast, south, and southwest, where we're poorest. By the way, if you go even further south, uh, General Jack uh, Keane, we still have that red Chinese balloon floating all over South America. I don't know if it's there for a payload of kilos of cocaine, but nobody seems interested in shooting down that balloon. But then again, why should we be interested? Because that doesn't grease the American war machine takes us back to the great movie Dr. Strange Glove, which was made in the middle of the Cold War when we were up against the menace of the Soviet Union, Nikita Khrushchev, who consistently said he would bury us, and actually Mao Zedong, both East and West. We were under potential uh, nuclear destruction when all of a sudden George C. Scott came up with the doctrine adopted by Bush 43... A preemptive defense through strength. We were to immediately launch an all-out and coordinated attack on all their airfields and missile bases. We'd stand a damn good
1: chance of catching them with their pants down. Hell, we got a 5-1 missile superiority as it is. We could easily assign three missiles to every target and still have a very effective reserve force for any other contingencies.
2: You know, that reminded me of when he was National Security Advisor uh, John Bolton, you know, with the... Uh, what do they call that? The salt and pepper mustache? He looks like a walrus. By the way, uh, who appointed him National Security Advisor? Oh, that's right, Donald Trump. Uh, Donald Trump said he was a warmonger, and he's part of the deep state, right, John Bolton? Because Trump never makes mistakes. Well, he appointed John Bolton, who then exited stage right, and now claims he's going to be running for president of the United States, too. Well, let's get to the issue of Dr. Strange Glove. When all of a sudden, this general with a machine gun was sitting with Peter Sellers and explaining to all of us novices why we can't trust our politicians and why we have to trust the General Jack Keens of the world, the warmongers, because we got to support our war machine. But today,
1: war is too important to be left to politicians. They have neither the time, the training... ...or the inclination for strategic thought... ...I can no longer sit back and allow... ...Communist infiltration... ...Communist indoctrination... ...Communist subversion... ...and the international Communist conspiracy... ...to sap and impurify... ...all of our precious bodily fluids...
2: ...by putting fluoride into our water... That was the John Birch Society, what they said in the 60s and 70s. Fluoride was the plot of the communists, the Red Chinese, the Soviets, to poison America. Yeah, boy, that turned out to be nonsense. But then again, there are still some out there who are perpetuating that notion. Uh, Let me just give you some analytics here, and I said it yesterday, and I'll say it again until I'm red in the face, because I'll never be blue. Remember, 60,000 high-flying balloons are launched just by our National Weather Service alone. They rise into the stratosphere, a layer of the planet's atmosphere that extends to a height of roughly 30 miles. The balloons used by the Weather Service are designed to rise 20 miles up, far higher than the altitude of any of the four objects detected in the past 10 days, And Alaska, where Sarah Palin actually saw the object that was shot down through her kitchen window as she was staring out with a cup of coffee, looking at Mother Russia. Well, that unidentified flying object uh, is one of many that are spotted over the Alaskan stratosphere on the way to the North Pole. Where more weather balloon launching sites exist than in any other state. So, naturally, as a knee jerk reaction, if it's not uh, the Red Chinese menace, if it's not the Soviet menace, a.k.a. through the Tsar, Vladimir Putin, who else could it be? Well, if you listen to Frank Morano on the other side of midnight, as I do Monday through Fridays from 1 to 5, normally he's talking about Roswell, New Mexico. He's talking about little gray aliens, as opposed to me. I talk about illegal aliens. He talks about unidentified flying objects, extraterrestrials, and he keeps priming the pump that maybe, just maybe, all of these objects that are being taken down by our United States Air Command are, in fact, UFOs. And then all of a sudden... Karen Jean-Pierre, better known aka as K G P just busted Frank Morano's balloon.
0: I just wanted to make sure we address this from the White House. I know there have been questions and and concerns about this, but there is no, again, no indication of aliens or extraterrestrial activity with these recent takedowns. Again, there is no indication of aliens or terrestrial activity with these recent takedowns. The American people knew that, all of you knew that, uh, and it was important for us to say that from here because we've been hearing a lot about it.
2: Oh, you're laughing at Frank Marano, the other side of midnight. That's his contention. It's UFOs, extraterrestrials, little gray aliens as opposed to illegal aliens. And all of it emanating out of Roswell, New Mexico. Well, if you're not going to accept the fact that it's UFOs, since our government doesn't know what the hell it is, or if they do, they're not telling us, then obviously we have to depend on the armchair expert of all armchair experts Heard morning, noon, and night on WABC. Seen on every news talk station in the nation. You need a guess? Just go to Gordon Chang. He'll beat the war drums because clearly this is
1: an act of war. Committing an act of war. This is an act of war. This is an act of war. This is an act of war. An act of war. An act of war. Committing an act of war. Committing an act of war. This is an act of war.
2: Wow, that was a great find, Macedonian Phil uh, gordon Shack. Boy, he was a tough guest to get this morning uh, on the Sid Rosenberg Show. Oh, you're not going to want to miss the Sid rap. Oh, man, I'm going to take down all of Sid's friends. But before we get to that, hey, Donald Trump is now trying out a new nickname for Ron DeSantis. Sanctimonious. I guess the Trumpers couldn't pronounce that. So now he's calling DeSantis a meatball.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.
1: This is the Riffin Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Hi, kids. Hi, Tom. Let's sing a little bit. On top of spaghetti. On top of- all covered, with all covered with cheese I lost my poor meatball, I lost my poor meatball. When, somebody sneezed. when somebody sneezed it rolled off the table Yes,
2: ladies and gentlemen, Donald Trump, with little to do uh, during the day other than play golf in Mar-a-Lago, has uh, decided to try out nicknames as he views his main adversary for the Republican uh, primary uh, presidential nomination as to be Ron DeSantis. He tried out there for a while, Ron Sanctimonious, the uh, before trumper group. But it was too big a word for Trumper supporters. So he is now calling Ron DeSantis a meatball. Of course, he hasn't said it publicly. He's trying it in front of Trumper groups. It's like a focus group. But, you know, somebody's going to say, well, that's an ethnic slur because Ron DeSantis actually is Italian from up in the Jacksonville area. And his uh, grandparents, yes, come from the very same hometown in Italy as Michael Mbaricic, Rudy Giuliani. So you better believe there's going to be some claim that's it's an ethnic slur against Italians. Because let's face it, whether you also call Italians spaghetti bandits. enough of this nursery rhyme. Oh, my God. Hey, Trump, desanctimonious, it didn't work. Meatball is not going to work. Uh, y- y- you better you better start playing less golf and trying out more nicknames. I mean, remember, remember, this was the guy in 2016 who came out and had crooked Hillary, lying Ted, low energy jab, little Marco. I mean, he was clicking, right? He had those nicknames, click, 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 and then crazy Joe. And then Sleepy Joe, when he was running against Joe Biden, and the best he can do now is the sanctimonious Ron uh, DeSantis. Oh my God, Meatball Ron! Is that the best he can do? What's he gonna, what's he gonna say about Nikki Haley, who made her formal announcement today? And let me just say, boy, how times have changed. I will be sixty-nine in March. And I can remember many a presidential campaign. that started early and very promising for a lot of candidates. Like my own Kumbaricic, Rudy Giuliani, who for a full year was ahead of the Republican pack and then uh, crashed and burned and withdrew as soon as he lost the Florida primary campaign. And he wasn't alone. I mean, think of it. Gary Hart, monkey business, how he crashed and burned over that We can go right on down the line. But I want to take you back to 1972. There was a man, he had been the vice president running mate with Hubert Humphrey when uh, they lost to the resurrected uh, Richard Nixon and the crook uh, Spiro Agnew. In fact, Richard Nixon picked Spiro Agnew, the crooked governor of Maryland, after Nelson Rockefeller said, you better not dare uh, pick uh, the mayor of the city of New York, at that time still a Republican, John Lindsay, Because I'll use every nickel, diamond, penny I have as the world's richest man to make sure you lose. So he dropped Lindsay like a bad habit, and then all of a sudden it was the crook uh, Ted Agnew, and you know the rest of that story. But back then, you could not cry if you were running for the president. He could not cry. And so here was Edmund Muskie, two years. He had been governor of the state of Maine. He looked like Abraham Lincoln, right? Monday was Abraham Lincoln's uh, day, what would have been his day before we turned it into President's Day, and like nobody paid attention except for our own John Matitas. But everybody else, other than uh, using a $5 bill with Lincoln on it, that was it. But Edmund Muskie started crying at the start of the campaign Right before the New Hampshire primary, he was ahead in all the polls. They claimed it was snow because there was snow falling at the time when he had his press conference that it melted on his face, but he was crying. Uh, in reaction to dirty tricks that were conducted by Roger Stone on behalf of the dirty tricksters of the Nixon campaign in which they made all kinds of slurs against him, his wife, and he was crying like a little baby. Uh, and uh, it was launched by the Manchester, Manchester Union leader, which was pro-Nixon and anti-Edwin Muskie, and he crashed in Burnley. Remember, there was Patricia Schroeder, a congresswoman of Colorado, who cried when she said she would not run. Uh, who was that? Uh, Nick Sariana, the coach of Philadelphia Eagles. They were playing the national anthem. The guy's crying like a little mama Luke, And then he has on his podcast Jason Kelsey and his brother, from the winning Kansas City Chiefs, right? And they're both crying like little Mamelukes, Don't they realize there's a standing rule that is existing in American politics and American sports?
1: There's no crying in baseball.
2: Well, the rules have been thrown out, ladies and gentlemen. You can cry, cry, cry. They're not going to hold it against you. But just as Donald Trump is calling Ron DeSantis, trying out a new nickname for him, Meatball, it isn't going to worse, work. Uh, Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, which uh, is Freedom Land, in fact, it's the one state that more Americans are migrating to than any other state in the nation. He has been given permission by the legislature, legislators in Tallahassee, to f- fly illegal aliens wherever they may be if they are on the border with Arizona in Texas, to fly them north of the Mason-Dixon line to Sanctuary State, Sanctuary Cities. He can renew that. And remember, I have asked this question. I've gotten no answers at all from Macedonia Phil, none from Justin Ellick, none from our uh, weekend producer, Kevin George, uh not from the Cracker Jack News team here, Noam Layden and Company, as to why it is that we were going to take in 10,000 war refugees seeking asylum uh, from uh, the besieged Ukraine at the very start of the war. We're right towards the anniversary. President Joe Biden will be in Poland, our best ally in all of Europe, a better ally than the French, the English, and the Germans combined. They've taken in one and a half million Ukrainian war refugees. And we were told... uh, that there would be 10,000 Ukrainians sent to New York City that we would be doing our share in providing housing and a place for them to live because their country is continuously under attack. I've yet to be able to find the sponsoring agencies or the sponsors because it was very specific. There was specificity that they would have to have sponsors, like many of our grandparents and great-grandparents had, where either a family member or a friend would have to vouch for you would have to uh, say that if you could not uh, find housing on your own, they would house you, they would pay your bills, that you were fully responsible as the sponsoring person, or in some cases, the sponsoring agency. And if you notice what Joe Biden did of late, uh, he amended uh, the uh, free flow across the border by claiming that if you happen to be coming in from Venezuela, from Cuba, Nicaragua, and Haiti, that they would accept 30,000 immigrants each month arriving from those countries, but that you would have to have a sponsor. And all of a sudden, these Facebook pages started filling up with posts demanding up to $10,000 for a financial sponsor. That meant that if you were in those countries, and notice, isn't it amazing how you could be dirt poor in Haiti, where there's a civil war going on there where the gangs control Port-au-Prince, Behind the sugarcane curtain of Cuba, Uh, down in Nicaragua with Daniel Ortega, that pedophile on a pedestal, president for life, and his his wife, uh, vice president for life, the leaders of the Sandanistas. Uh, And then, of course, uh, Maduro, who talks to birds at night, the former bus driver from Caracas, who is the corrupt leader in Venezuela. Isn't it interesting that people are able to go on Facebook there, that they have cell phones, they have technology, when we've been told they don't have two pesos to rub together. Anyway, they go online, and if they can come up with $10,000, by whatever means is necessary, they can end up buying a sponsor in the United States for them to come in legally. And guess what? There's no prohibition against that. So lawyers, immigration lawyers have been asked, is this copacetic? Is this kosher? Can anybody just uh, pay for a sponsor, a placebo sponsor in the United States through a Facebook posting? Again, there's a Facebook page filled with posts demanding up to $10,000 for a financial sponsor in the United States for the 30,000 illegals who want to be made whole, who are permitted to come in each and every month from Venezuela, Cuba, Nicaragua, and Haiti, according to the new Biden doctrine. And there does not appear to be anything that is going to stop that, which is human trafficking at its worst. Come on. It has all the appearances of being illegal. And the immigration lawyers are scratching their head and saying, well, these Facebook groups with names like Sponsor U.S. carry dozens of posts offering and seeking financial supporters, and it's, it's questionable as whether this is fraudulent or not, or illegal or not. Yeah, we're, we're, so, we're so immersed in uh, making it easy for sex trafficking, human trafficking, anything, and to allow people to actually make profit from it, not under the radar screen, but through Facebook. And then what I had referred to, a similar U.S. program for Ukrainians, prompted the government to publish an online guide about how to spot and protect against human trafficking schemes, and I asked one simple question. What happened to the 10,000 Ukrainians, legitimate war refugees, uh, legitimate asylum seekers that we were supposed to be taking care of here in the five boroughs of the city of New York? The uh, uh, Eric Adams administration will not answer that. Kathy Crimewave Wave Holcomb will not answer that. And one has to ask yourself, we're letting anybody in this country from almost anywhere else, as long as they stream in from south of the border. But the Ukrainians, who make a legitimate argument for being wartime refugees in need of asylum, we can't find them. Why? Because the BSNGO that's involved in this is Catholic Charities, and they receive an enormous amount of money from federal taxpayers to bring in illegals who happen to be Catholic from south of the border well, let's face it, the Ukrainians, and I'll say it again and again and again, because it's true, those Ukrainian refugees, the predominant number of the Eastern Orthodox faith, whether they follow the Russian principles or the Greek principles, and are Jews. And they're not Roman Catholic. End of the story. That's why I can't get any freaking answers about that, because it it would interrupt the syndicate. It would interrupt the corrupt enterprise that exists in bringing in illegal aliens.
1: Now, here's the Sid Wrap-Up. Boy! You
2: know, it's painful listening to the friends of Sid Rosenberg. Like in the House of Pain... be the theme song for (laughs) former congressman peter king uh you would think peter king tough guy you know tough guy like maybe he hung out at the sunbright bar you know with all the mad dog butchers of the westies in hell's kitchen the answer is no But uh, today, Peter King uh, came on, and I promise all of you in my three appearances uh, each morning, Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, with Sid and friends, I'm the only fiend and foe, uh, 705, that I'm going to take out all of his friends, all of Sid's friends. I mean, Peter King was licking his chops. He couldn't wait in talking to Sid earlier today to take a shot at me. Good morning, Sid. Congratulations on Jeremy Lounge. By
1: all accounts, you are a, a, superstar in so many ways. You're like you're the Renaissance man. You're thank the Jewish you. god. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. The movie is, uh, pretty good. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I, watching it and uh, watching yourself on a major motion picture was pretty surreal, Pete, but that was a lot of and fun. The funny on I... thing is every time you talk about it, Curtis gets involved. <laughs> I I don't know how to He was actually there at the screening on Monday night. I don't don't know how he got there, but he was there. I let everybody in. I know. What did he do?
2: You think Peter King would have hung out at the Gemini Lounge, or even the Bamboo Lounge from Goodfellas, by the way, that was not in Ozone Park at Howard Beach, Canarsie Avenue and and Rockway Parkway. You think Peter King would hang out at the Sunbright Bar uh, having drinks with Mad Dog Sullivan of the West Seas? Of course not. He was too busy in Rockville Center hosting fundraisers for the IRA for Sinn Féin, Jerry Adams, and raising bucks for them. That was a safe thing to do, but it's safe for him to take shots at me. And then the Bad News Bears came about to say that their favorite guy for mayor, Sid, who all of a sudden has flip-flop, and Peter King, who always was an Eric Adams Republican, they... They can't they can't imagine how bad these these crime stats are look at them they're flummoxed. So
1: Peter, let's get to the um, yeah. the major story uh, and that is of course uh, what happened in, in yesterday's New York Post on the cover of the New York Post they showed the latest crime statistics and every one of them yeah. was up and some of them were up significantly. so I go to work every day making an argument for the mayor who'll be on the show I believe Friday. Because I know how hard he works, and I know he cares, but between the legislators and the governor up in Albany and some other issues and the fact that maybe, maybe he hasn't been aggressive enough, things aren't changing for the better in New York City. What did you think of yesterday's New York Post?
2: No, it was pretty devastating, and it shows how bad the situation is. As you know, I think Eric Adams is trying to do the best. I have some uh, you know, improvements I think can be made. I have a great regard for Keatron, the the police commissioner, and the rank-and-file NYPD are the best in the world. Having said that, where I think the mayor is not doing enough is going after the governor and the state legislature and the city council. I know he needs them for funding for other programs and all that, but to me there's nothing more important than stopping violent crime. And they say the same crap over and over. Sid Rosenberg... Peter King, Eric Adams, Republican. Bo Dito, Eric Adams, Republican. Dove Hyken, Eric Adams, Republican. It's not Eric Adams who's failing. It's the governor. It's the president. It's the state legislature. It's the city council. Hey, it's time for Eric Adams to put the man pants on, man. He's got to take responsibility. He's got all these excuse mongers for him. The stats don't lie, Sid. The stats don't lie, Congressman Peter King. Eric Adams is at the approval rating of 37 percent. Lowest ever for any mayor. Lower than Comrade Bill de Blasio, part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope. Lower than Joe Biden. Lower than Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb. When are you guys going to stop being apologists and point the fingers at Eric Adams, the swagger man who has no plan and his... um. Placebo Police Commissioner Sewell. Of course they won't. Of course they won't. And then, oh, oh, of course. Uh, There was Bo Dietl taking shots at me, right, in defense of his very dear friend,
1: as he said on these airwaves, John Gotti Sr. I used to buy uh, drugs in the parking lot at uh, the Burger King. But across the street by the mobile South Shore High School. Yeah, by the mobile station. That's where Chris Rosenberg got his start.
2: Bo no. Dido, who didn't know anything about that because he was assigned to the 75th Precinct in East New York and stayed out of Canarsie. Like his hero, John Gotti Sr., who was oh. afraid to come after Roy DeMeo and his killing crew. Paulie Castellano wanted John Gotti Sr. to whack Roy DeMeo. And John Gotti Sr. at the Bergen Hunt Fish and Shoot Human Beings Club on 101st Avenue in Ozone Park. Oh, yeah. Real tough guys came from Ozone Park, Odito. He said, no, man. Roy DeMeo, he's too psycho. He's got too many killers surrounding him. He was afraid to come into Canarsie. You got that, John Gotti Sr.? Afraid to come into Canarsie. And honor the request of Paulie Castellano at that time was the head of organized crime because he was afraid of Roy DeMeo and Joey Testa and Anthony Santar and all the wise guys that I grew up with, the toughest community, not Ozone Park, Canasi.